This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're with uh, me, Ku Chong, and of course, Julian Ng from uh, on the SNM show. We have on this uh, show this morning, uh, Marcus Chan. He's a CME analyst, uh, covers the small cap sector. Uh, welcome, Marcus. Uh, thank you for joining us. Morning, morning, Chong. Good now, to be of course, back. yeah. Um, so, how's the view from CIMB? Fantastic uh, share market for 2016. Lots of reasons. I think 10 were given by Terence Wong. Um, I mean, what, what, what's going to be the drivers in a nutshell? Um, to me, the one, the, the one that I'm most excited about is uh, the fact that uh, Chinese money will be flowing to Malaysia. Um, real <coughs> estate, energy, high-speed rail. Um, property, I mean, you've obviously seen uh, that uh, the Adras, uh, Adras assets have been sold to Chinese. Um, yeah. And also, there's also a promise to support uh, um, the Malaysian gov- uh, government bond market. Yeah, so basically right now, the Chinese are everywhere. They are in, you know, they're building our ports, building our highways, our roads, second links, uh, bridges. You know, they're buying our power assets. They're sending tourists our way as well. Uh, they're selling banks. I mean, it's the Chinese wave. Uh, apparently, there's a second wave of investment coming as well. Um, yes, um, and I think you will see that in terms of ports, highways, I mean, the rail, uh, the rail thing. I think, I think the high-speed rail. Um, it's basically a battle between the Chinese and the Chinese. And what I gather from my channel checks is I think the Chinese are likely to be the winners here because they're prepared to build um, the high-speed rail without Malaysian sovereign government guarantee. Really? Wow. Yeah. um, I think they were also a prime mover in uh, the recent revival of the Kra Isthmus in Thailand, right? Which is going to bore a canal through the narrowest part of the peninsula. Um, But they've come out strongly to say that that that's not going on. And I think that's very telling of how close the Chinese uh, people are to the uh, political elites. Yeah, I know. I mean, basically, there's a lot of quid pro quo where Malaysia and China are concerned, right? Because... Obviously, um, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, and there's a lot of uh, business that comes both our ways. But in terms of your stock selections for 2016, you've got two for us. You've got one on Instacom, which is, uh, they used to do transmission towers, and now they're involved in construction. The other one is only World Group, uh, heavily involved with Genting recently. They're now uh, making serious inroads into the Penang market uh, with the Comta rejuvenation. So I guess from the China perspective, Instacom is the one, right? Yes, um, I think the uh, Instacom, um, they're very close uh, to the Chinese contractors, in particular China Railway Construction, who have been touted to win the Gamas JB Double Track, that's an 8 billion ringgit project. And of course, there's potentially the high-speed rail as well. Um, and a, a slew of other Chinese contracts, um, CRCC is building the Four Seasons. So Instacom being the preferred subcontractor for CRCC, you can expect to see um, very favourable news flow for some of these high-profile projects. Um, and as of course, um, in your hometown, the Penang Undersea yeah. Tunnel, that's done by CRCC as well. Um, and that project's about to kickstart. So I expect Instacom to again win a substantial portion of some of these subcontract works. So when you say that the Chinese government, uh, or rather Chinese contractors, are willing to embark on these projects without any government guarantees, what is the payback for them? Uh, obviously, these are very expensive projects, Yeah, I mean, there's always right? a cost to everything, right? Um, I was, suppose in the case of uh, the, the Penang, I mean, just the Penang Undersea, I mean, because of the balance sheet, they're prepared to take land, right, in exchange? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a land ringgit. reclamation element to the Penang Transport. That's, I think, what is it, 10 billion ringgit or something? Uh, 
Penang under sea. No, the Penang, the Penang Transport Master Plan. It's twenty nine billion. The Penang under billion. the Penang under sea portion is six point three billion. That's the third link, right? Because is, is that that's different from the um, the one with um, the one linking Gurney Drive to the mainland. So basically, now there's two links between Penang and the mainland. The the original bridge, the second bridge, and now the third link, which is undersea between Gurney Drive and the mainland. That's right. Yeah. What's, what's, what differentiates the Chinese contractors from the local contractors? Because we see people like MRC be doing a private placement, 20% pli- private placement just to upgrade their share status to Bumiputra Company, right? Uh, just to, for them to, be, to bid government contracts. But if the payback is as simple as just getting tracts of land, parcels of land, why give it to a Chinese company and not to a Malaysian company to undertake all these infrastructural products, which are you know, projects of national interest? You must understand that CRCC is a global giant here. Um, so we're essentially comparing a Proton Saga to a Mercedes-Benz. So <laughs> what does that translate to? Is it cost? Uh, are they financing, po- financing prowess? I mean, I don't think any of the Malaysian contractors who have been prepared, for instance, to build a six billion ringgit Tunnel in exchange for no cash and pure land. Not even the Gamudas and IGMs. What, what about all these hard lending concerns out of China in terms of the over you know, leverage, in terms of the slowing economy, all these things? You know, because we do so much business with China now that anything that goes wrong in China definitely impacts us, or at least we believe it, it will do. So is that something to concern about? I think with regards to construction, um, and I'm specifically here re- referring to CRCC, I mean, they are China's largest overseas contractors um, and their presence in ASEAN is new um, I think previously they've always been anywhere but ASEAN they've entered Malaysia about two years ago so it's new terrain for them uh, they're slowly moving around ASEAN um, and Dr. Yo, the CEO of Instacom um, his project management company consults for uh, CRCC across ASEAN so there are huge projects in Indonesia real projects Thailand as well so what's the deal with Instacom? Because right now the share price is 27.5 cents. Uh, I think you have a target price of somewhere north of 60 or... Uh, uh, 67 cents. 67 cents, right? Um, you know, I mean, th- obviously that's a long way to go uh, from here. Um, it's got to be delivered by earnings. Um, you know, what's the 2016, uh, you know, pipeline look like for earnings? Um, no, I don't think stocks like that will be driven by earnings. Stocks like that will be driven by news flow. Um, as, as with all construction stocks, nobody waits for earnings to materialise. It's too so, late, right? Once the yeah. news is announced, it's so sell, sell what, on factor. what we're expecting is a slew of um, new contracts to be announced in first quarter, potentially the Penang Undersea um, project, um, and one or two others. Could be about a bit northwards of a billion ringgit, I think, in the first quarter, and I think that should kickstart uh, the Well, the that's whole, not bad. Process. I mean, what's the current order book for Instacom? Um, 300 million ringgit. Wow. Okay. So do you think this is a case of um, perhaps um, not giving the right signal to shareholders because they starting out they started out as a phone towers company, right? Is that not good business anymore? No, that is a crappy business. <laughs> um, yeah. You know the, the telcos have stopped have stopped building sites, um, and what you essentially see now is. An asset injection, reverse takeover, if you like, right. of, of a new business. And, and Dr. Yo, to give you a bit of background, Dr. Yo has been consultant to Instacom for about seven, eight years ago. So I think, he, I guess, 
he's kind of married the, the two companies that, together. That reverse takeover only happened, or that, that, that you know, exercise only occurred and was completed in the middle of this year. So what, what about in terms of, um, you know, assimilation of the new business, the different cultures within the work, you know, there's usually some kind of uh, acquisition, you know, um, a period whereby you have to get used to working with your new colleagues and all that. Is, is there any other inertia? Going mm, to no, as far as I understand, they're both running separately. Um, the previous CEO and Kong will continue to run the telco tower business. Um, Dr. Yeo will run the construction business. Oh, okay. So is, is that only how it works? So construction, construction specifically moves on on news flow and not earnings. Yeah, that's, that's just, right. That's an interesting concept from a from a long-term fundamental perspective. Yeah. So I, I also want to explore uh, whether there is a dichotomy between the efficiency of Malaysian contractors and those of the Chinese, right? Uh, but I guess we'll talk about that after the break. Yep. Okay. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. BFM 89.9. 9.45 in the morning, it is the SNM show. We are joined this morning by Marcus Chan, the small cap analyst from CIMB. Now, uh, Marcus, let's also move along now to the other call in your uh, universe, which is the Only World Group. Now, they started off, I think, life as one of the subcontractors in, in the Gunting Group. And now they're starting to do some interesting stuff in Penang, where I'm from, clearly. Um, you know, but, but the thing is, Penang is highly, highly, highly uh, uh, in, in, in play right now in terms of property, construction. You know, are, are they going to be coming in at a very tough time? Uh, no disrespect to your state, Chong, <laughs> but uh, really you talk about Penang. There's nothing really interesting to do apart from Chakwe Pia and some heritage Ola, sites. Come oh my on. goodness. Um, come on, there's, Penang, there's Penang Hill. No, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> I think these are precisely uh, Lim Guaning's concerns and that's why he wanted to revitalize Komta. That was part of his 2008 election mandate. And so, you know, he put out a request for proposal. Most guys came back with another shopping centre concept. But OWG came in with a, a, theme, a theme park amusement come observation deck concept, which, which is taking off very well. They probably launch sometime in first quarter, end first quarter, first March or first April. Uh, but they've really been pushing back that launch deadline by a little while, right? So, you know, w yeah, I mean, any, anytime something is delayed, you know, you kind of ask a few questions. Uh, sure. I mean, I think they will be ready in stages. So originally, they thought to launch it in two phases. But I think talking to tour operators, um, the feedback uh, they've received is it will do a lot better if everything is uh, launched at a go. And therefore, while it's ready, they will go for the Big Bang come March or April. And I've got a target. I mean, I, I wrote a piece recently uh, that could potentially propel the stock to 8 bucks from 3 bucks where it is now when Comta opens. So tell us a little bit about the background of how it works. Do they just um, occupy a space in Comta or do they have some kind of a concession to manage that area? Uh, so they have a 60-year concession. Um, 60 years? 60 That's years, 45 plus 15. Uh, but they had, to, they had to bear the capex of the entire project, uh, which has now gone up to 180 million ringgit, an exchange, of course, at very, very favourable rental rates. Uh, they'll operate most of the space. Um, the cash cow there is obviously the the observation deck, which has basically no cost to maintain. But uh, what's the ticket uh, pricing for that to enter that place? I've assumed fifteen ringgit, um, but if you look at KL Tower and 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 the Petronas Twin Towers, it's probably going to come in round about a blended ticket rate of forty ringgit. Forty ringgit, Penang and all, right? It being Penang and all, right? Because Penang Penangites are not willing to pay for a lot. <laughs> are you calling even, us even just to go up to the observation? <laughs> are you calling us salty individuals? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, 50, 40 bucks. Would you pay 40 bucks to go it out depends. to the observation I mean, deck? It depends on what kind of bells and whistles you'll see at the top. I mean, 40 is blended ticket rate. So um, foreigners will be paying 75 and locals 30. Oh, so there's two levels of ticket price. Exactly. One yeah, for Gaijin yeah. and one for locals. Yes. Interesting. Okay, but the thing is, uh, only World listed, I think, last year or early last year, right? December. One uh, 80 cents or 90 cents or whatever. Yeah, that's right. It's is nearly three bucks now and Comta hasn't even launched yet. So, you know... <laughs> got, got legs or not? Got legs, ah? I believe so. Um, for, I mean, I have a target price of five. I think it go up to eight. That's even before Century Fox opens. 20th Century Fox opens in 2017. There's been another oh, leg Also there. within Comta? No, no. Uh, 20th Century Fox oh, in Genting Highlands. Oh, within the Genting... Uh, yeah. That's right. Where oh, they're, they're, they're also involved. Yes, they're also involved. They're yeah. already in Genting. So, so the way you measure... Uh, your target price is through some kind of discounted cash flows, all this future cash flows. Uh, no, on a PE right? basis, uh, PE. 22 times, which is generally what the FMB consumer sector in Malaysia trades at. Do you measure that the same way for the Comta project as well? Because that's a 60-year concession, right? Yeah. Wow. No, no, uh, Comta is on a pure, pure earnings as well. Pure earnings, yeah. uh, PE earnings. And, and, and that's tax-free earnings. So I saw the report from, uh, you know, from CIMB saying that, you know, one of the reasons why KLCI will do really well in 2016 is because, you know, it's the calm before the storm, right? It's this whole year, 10-year cycle. Uh, you had the 87 um, black market crash, then you had the 1998 Asian financial crisis, then you had the 2008 financial crisis uh, global, and then the next one is 2018, 2017, right? So 2016 is when the thing will start to froth and bubble. Uh, but 2017 and 2018 is when the next crash will occur, if it happens, if history repeats itself. Um, but that's also when, you know, Century Fox uh, launches and all the other good stuff happens. So, yeah, I mean, what's that going to do for attendances? And have you, have you, have you put that into your forecasts? Um, I think if you go back and look at the history of uh, Genting Highlands, recession or no recession has never affected their business. Every, everyone wants to <laughs> go there and make I a thought, punt. I thought gambling is a highly discretionary activity. You know, much more theme parks and, and whatnot, right? Because if you don't have much money to... If you don't have two coins to rub together, then why would you go ahead and spend your Think of it this cash? way, Chuang. During good times, people have people have more money to gamble, right? During bad times, they feel so down that they, they the want to factor. go and gamble. Are you serious? Is that how the mentality works? Yes, that's how it See, works. that's because I don't gamble. I'm just making a guess. <laughs> I'm just making a guess here. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, is there a chance that Genting would want to take over One World? Not one world, only world. Only, only world. world. They, they already own one world. One, one, one world is around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> only world only is world, I'm sorry. No, I, I don't think so. I think part of the reason why Only World is doing what it is today is because uh, Gunting uh, gave up a lot of their F&B, which they couldn't do it well themselves, over to OWG to do it. Yeah, it's small business to And then right? small business. Yeah. Um, you know, non, non-casino revenues to Gunting, I think, less than 5%. So it's... Yeah, because there was talk at one point about how Only World might be a target for Genting. You know, they bought stuff before, they're buying a lot of stuff overseas. And this is, you know, chump change, right, in a way. But that's not, you don't think that's going to no, happen? No, not, not, not potential not, catalyst? No, yeah, the because if that, between if that happens, then the stock price will go to $150 or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, the relationship between uh, Dato Richard Ko and, and, and the Lim family goes back 30, 40, 50 years. Right, well, very 50, tight. 30 years. Very tight. Yeah. Okay, so other than these two stocks, you know, what, what other areas are, are, are these the ones where, you know, because obviously you, you've made calls on the furniture sector, they've done really well. Uh, Evergreen, you called last year. Hivia, you called last year. So these, you know, can, can you basically um, make, uh, you know, 
make a magic two years in a row, uh, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> well, Instacom and OWG hopefully will deliver. Um, Hevi has done extremely well this year. Um, we have an we have a US dollar forecast rate of four sixty for end of twenty sixteen. So wow. if that if that if that I mean that's our in house view. If that materializes, then the furniture boys will have more legs. You uh, see, the, but I uh, think the easy money has been made in in, in that sector already. It's, it's four thirty right now. The ringgit to the US dollar, or rather the USD to the ringgit, and you see uh, the semiconductors and the glove makers just running up on a daily basis. Right, yeah. you're talking about 10, five, ten, fifteen percent returns daily. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, so furniture had their run. Um, semicon. Um, Does it still have legs? You think? Well, I I have uh, in my forecast uh, assumption of four ringgit. Uh, to the US dollar, so I think plenty more room to upgrade um, as long as the ringgit stays at this level. I think it's really interesting that the IMB has an in-house ringgit projection of 460. When the recent strategy report that came out talks about a boom in 2016, because the, the 430 to 460 is a reflection of it's quite problematic, right? And it's it's quite inconsistent with um, a sentiment that is booming. Four four thirty to four sixty. I mean, that sounds almost disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> Considering that the central bank governor herself has said that fair value is around about yeah, three eighty, three seventy. So I I don't know. I I just feel that I think a lot of uh, things. What what is being said in. Malaysia has a political dimension as well, and we actually don't know where that will go. We we don't know whether we've seen uh, the the worst of the turbulence and the volatility volatility in twenty sixteen. Uh, certainly, it has affected other countries in the region. Like I think, uh, uh, I read a report yesterday that Indonesia will be on track to beat Malaysia in terms of currency losses, and that's not also a good thing in itself. Well, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Chan, we have run out of time because all good things must come to an end. Uh, it is 9.54. You have chosen because it, has, it is customary, customary on the SNM show. All guests have the entitlement to make one song selection. You have chosen one of my personal favourites, uh, Metallica, Enter Sandman. So that was the SNM show with Marcus Chan of CIMB. Thank you for listening. 9.54, BFM 89.9. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.